Welcome to the first episode of the Gem State Podcast. My name is Brian Ullman. Thank you to all of you who have subscribed to gemstate.substack.com. I have appreciated your feedback and your encouragement. I intend to continue bringing you news and analysis that matters to the conservatives of Idaho. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the newsletter. It's free. This week, Glenn Beck came to Idaho to warn our lawmakers about the impending threat of ESG, environmental social governance, a rubric that is being used by big banks and investment firms to grade companies upon how closely they tow the woke Marxist line. Our Democrat opponents claim that this is a good thing, while many establishment Republicans wonder what the fuss is all about. But I agree with Mr. Beck that ESG is a massive threat to our freedom. I wrote about ESG in my Wednesday newsletter, so I won't repeat everything I said there. Suffice it to say, I see ESG and the so-called Great Reset as the biggest threat to our liberty and to our society today. At the heart of the American civilization is a belief in national sovereignty— Our ancestors fought the war for independence because they believed that King George III and his parliament in London were usurping the sovereignty of the American people. The citizens of Virginia, of Massachusetts, of Pennsylvania, and the rest of the 13 colonies had created their own governments to deal with taxation, regulation, and public order. They knew, as you and I know, that the best government is local government. Americans have always believed that the ultimate authority in our country is we the people, and so our government must be composed of people we choose from among ourselves to represent our interests in the capital. This idea of national sovereignty was not common before the 1600s. For most of Europe's history, sovereignty belonged to the monarch, who was considered to have been appointed by God to lead his people. The Catholic Church, as personified by the Pope in Rome, exercised spiritual authority over all European Christians, including kings. It was not until the conflict between Rome and the Protestant reformers erupted into a cataclysmic war that the leaders of Europe recognized the concept of the nation-state. In the Peace of Westphalia, after the Thirty Years' War, those leaders laid out the foundation for national sovereignty that we have enjoyed ever since. In the Westphalian system, we recognize that each people group on earth has the right to choose its own leader, and that one country does not have the right to interfere in the affairs of another. Unfortunately, most of the 20th century involved laying the foundation of a new international order that supersedes our sovereignty. President Woodrow Wilson, who led us into World War I to make the world safe for democracy, saw how that war would reshape world affairs, and he wanted America to have a seat at the table. He crafted the League of Nations, a supranational organization that was supposed to make war obsolete. Thankfully, the Republican Party of the 1910s still had a backbone, and they refused to ratify our membership in the League. After World War II, things had changed. The Republican Party was severely weakened by the Great Depression and the New Deal, and there were few who objected to our role in the post-war world order. 
We took the initiative in creating the United Nations, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, NATO, and many other international organizations. Each one sapped our sovereignty a little bit at a time. By the 1970s, leading diplomats such as Henry Kissinger and Zbigniew Brzezinski were openly discussing how to integrate the United States into a new global paradigm. When President George H.W. Bush said in 1991 that we were creating a, quote, new world order, he simply echoed what our leaders had been striving toward for decades at that point. The so-called Great Reset is the next, and perhaps final, step toward the erasure of our sovereignty. Groups such as the World Economic Forum have been building toward this for years, and COVID-19 finally gave them the excuse they needed to put their plan into action. They are using this time of turmoil to dramatically reshape our society at every level. Their vision is a world where we are all compliant serfs who live in rented pods, ride in self-driving cars, transact with digital currency that records our every purchase, and, most importantly, are not even aware of our own slavery. The values of Western civilization that we inherited from the twin pillars of Christianity and Greek empiricism will be erased in favor of a sterile and hopeless existence. Klaus Schwab, the founder of the WEF, calls this the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Rather than being governed by our own chosen representatives, we will live in a technocracy. That is, we will be ruled by self-selected experts. This is not a wild conspiracy theory. They have been open about their plans for years. Time magazine did a cover story on the Great Reset in 2020, promoting it as the answer to all our problems. World leaders such as Boris Johnson, Justin Trudeau, and of course Joe Biden, have all used the WEF's slogan of Build Back Better to describe their own plans. We like to believe that we the people still hold our government accountable in this country. We vote for representatives and senators who debate serious issues in Washington, D.C. And we vote for a president who will carry out our laws. We vote for legislators and a governor to do the same at the state level. Yet the real job of managing our country rests with a huge, faceless federal bureaucracy, what we call the deep state, that is mostly unaffected by elections and unaccountable to the voters. Even more insidious than the deep state are the big corporations, especially big tech. There was once a time when American businesses were pro-America. Men like Andrew Carnegie, John Rockefeller, and Henry Ford might have been robber barons, but they were also American patriots. Today's robber barons, such as Meta's Mark Zuckerberg and YouTube's Susan Wojcicki, do not see themselves as American patriots. Rather, they are citizens of the world, with no loyalty to any specific people or nation. While they claim that this gives them the ability to strive toward higher ideals, in truth it means they exercise tremendous power without any accountability. The Bill of Rights, which restricts government from infringing upon our God-given liberties, holds no sway with the big businesses that increasingly control our public square. Big tech is already more powerful than many nation-states. A year ago, Twitter banned the sitting president of the United States 
preventing him from communicating with the American people. Imagine Henry Ford trying something like that. ESG is the point of the spear when it comes to implementing the Great Reset. Rather than establishing their new woke religion through our elected leaders, the global elites who support this brave new world are doing it through corporations. Trillion-dollar financial firms like BlackRock and Vanguard are using ESG to decide who gets investments and who does not. In fact, the CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink, has even threatened to use his influence to oust CEOs of publicly traded companies who do not do enough to promote diversity, LGBTQ issues, and climate change policies. It trickles down from there. Companies are forced to align themselves with the ESG rubric, and so they become partners in the Great Reset. Smaller companies find themselves required to jump on board if they want loans from banks. Eventually, this trickle-down will come to the individual. The end goal is a social credit system, just like what they have in communist China, that forces we the people to bend to their will. Did you disparage BLM in a Facebook post recently? Did you send money to a pro-life group? Is that a MAGA hat in your profile picture? Are you late for your regular COVID booster shot? I'm afraid your card has been declined. Again, this is not a wild conspiracy theory. It is already happening. In Canada, private citizens who donated money to the trucker protest are finding their bank accounts frozen. Even Americans who donated are being harassed and doxxed by activist journalists. Once the social credit system is in place, even that won't be necessary. It will all be automatic. The information collected about you by banks, by social media, healthcare providers, and governments will all be combined to create a profile. Your ability to do any sort of business, to take part in public society, will be reduced to a single QR code with an answer of yes or no. And all of this will have been implemented without any say from our elected government. How do we stop this? It will be a tough hill to climb. ESG is already here, and any politician who stands up to the big corporations will be demonized. The left will call them racist. Establishment Republicans are whistling past the graveyard by repeating Reagan-era slogans about staying out of private business. We need political leaders who have the courage to take those fiery darts and do what is necessary to protect our liberties. We need to prevent businesses from discriminating against American citizens based on social credit scores. In the end, we have to continue what we've been doing. We need to organize at the local level and elect representatives in our cities, counties, and states who understand the magnitude of this situation. Many in our current leadership are not those people, so they need to retire and let true conservative warriors step up to the plate. This will be a long battle. Nearly 60 years ago, Ronald Reagan said that every generation must fight to defend their freedoms, because if they lose them, they face a thousand years of darkness. His generation fought international communism and won. Our generation faces a technocratic revolution that threatens the liberties of every individual in America. It is a fight we absolutely must win.